worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well we've devised a test to put to rest your fears There's no need to panic if you lend us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show then you're probably a nerd Sunday, you know what that means. It's time for a new episode of the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things geek, the podcast where we talk about all things pop culture, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything, because as the show name says, it's all in canon. We're your hosts, I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Phil. We're back, baby, after a hiatus. We are back. Yep, we're back. We had a one-week hiatus. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But before that, we're going to tell you what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about cryptocurrency. We're going to be talking about Netflix cancellations. We're going to be giving you a preview to E3 and some of the news that is actually already leaking, especially with Metroid and Nintendo. And then we're going to be talking about TV, comics, movies, anything and everything that we've seen and watched over the past few weeks it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good one yeah and i just gotta say it it's hot yeah if this weather was an ice cream flavor it would be whiskey vanilla jockstrap yeah oh my god it's it's really hot out there it's been a pretty hot weekend like it's just uh yesterday at 11 a.m i went i made my uh I run to the liquor store and it was hot as balls. Like just boom. Yeah, I I've been in the car a little bit and it's one of those things. You either are cranking up the AC or you're opening up every window and the roof to let the air flow through. Yesterday wasn't that bad because it was a bit windy here in Ontario. But today it is balls hot. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. But here we are. Hopefully, you're cool. Hopefully, you're you're uh, you're keeping cool and having fun. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Being safe. Yeah, Everybody be should safe. be safe. At the end of the day, that, yeah. that's that's all we want for people to be safe. Um, yeah, it's been crazy, man. It's been uh, we haven't really talked too much, uh, but it's been a plentiful couple weeks here. Um, last week, you know, in the interest of you know pumping out good content sometimes we need a break and that's what last week essentially was and i know it was very last minute um but yeah i just you know i do want to apologize but from time to time we're going to need a break here and there because uh yeah it, it can uh, be quite taxing you know constantly putting out content and uh you know at the end of the day the, the, the most important thing is our mental health and sometimes you just you just need a day yeah, and you know what? It it really was situational, so people know that when we publish those tweets and messages, it really is, you know, Boris was up front with us, and he said, hey, look, I need some time today. 
and I capitalized on the opportunity as well. Normally, I'm the guy that's always like, well, let's do something or let's get something out there. But I was like, you know what? Didn't take the day off. Not going to lie. Kind of want the day off. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like I said, I think we just needed it. I had like a crazy week and I was just like, you know what? I'm not in the mood of uh, pumping something out that I'm not entirely happy with. Um, you know, because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's number one thing for me when we release an episode is the fact that we actually like what we're pumping out. We like the content that you people are listening to. Um, so if we're not there, then it's just like, it is what it is, right? Well, yeah. If we're not into it that week, then obviously, you know, I know all, all people who do this type of stuff have those weeks and it's better to be honest and serve the audience in the show and just be upfront and say, Hey, look, got to take a break. Rather than put something half-assed out. Exactly. That's exactly it. And that's it. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's 100% what it is. Um, But yeah. So, Phil, what's going on? What's what's new in the life of Phil? Oh, man. I've just been in this funny little mood lately where I'm desperately waiting Hasbro to send me my Mandalorian helmet. Yeah. And that hasn't shipped yet, so I'm getting antsy about that. And I'm seeing the prices skyrocket on the ones that are available on the market. And this is directly from Hasbro. So I'm a little bit worried about that. And uh, yeah, I've just been doing my collecting thing. I've been getting some Muppets characters that I've tracked down. And uh, yeah, reading comic books too. I'm, I'm getting into, I saw some hype this week on Twitter about the tale, the bounty hunter tales. And there was a whole bunch of people, including the writer and whatnot, who were saying, basically, don't spoil it for everybody. So I'm not going to spoil it for everybody, but that tempted me to to splurge and yeah. to get it on the day that it released on Wednesday. And I got to say, it was pretty entertaining. It, it felt really comfortable being back in that Star Wars universe. I haven't done the comic thing in a while for Star Wars. And you know I've been trying to do different things like Jupiter's Legacy and, and other books. And I got to say, it was really nice coming back into Star Wars. Yeah. In that animated way. Yeah. So I started reading the Vader comic that I've been putting off that apparently explains a whole bunch of stuff with Exegol. Yeah. And Palpatine. So I started reading that and uh, read the first issue onto the second. I've got like 15 of them or whatever they're up to now. And uh, it was interesting seeing Vader walking along with a droid and the droid, because Vader's not going to narrate everything. And the droid actually is is a bit of a narrator for him. That's yeah. a weird take, but it's interesting because it's taking place after Empire Strikes Back and before Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So it's the mental space of Vader confronting his son in Luke and acknowledging that Luke isn't, as strong as he could be and wanting to exact revenge on everybody who's made him weak Mm -hmm. to get to this point. So he starts going back to Tatooine and investigating Lars's camp, like his house, finding the, the, the pieces of Luke's life and confronting total relationship with Padme because that was the same compound that he grew up in. So it's, or, you know, he spent time in, so it was interesting. I, you know, it's it's a new fresh take on a character that I I appreciate it. I think they're trying something new and it and it, and it works. But 
I've also read some articles that are basically saying that they're worried about the complications of the Star Wars timeline now that Filoni's playing around in there and these comics are playing around in there. But we all know on the tier of canon, the movies are number one, the shows are number two, the books are number three, and the comics are number four. So if anything's going to get overwritten, it's going to be the comic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what have you been to? I've been just doing a lot. <laughs> really keeping busy with uh, obviously real work and then keeping really busy like with all my side gigs and whatnot, the wrestling show. Uh, might yeah. actually be getting a second wrestling show. Um, but Because uh, still... you just have so much time. Exactly, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see exactly what's going on. But uh, um, in terms of like content itself, I've really just been watching a lot. I haven't really been in the mindset to be reading comics too much. But, uh, you know, and, and it's random stuff that I'm watching. Um, actually, later on today, Day, I'm going to be watching Sweet Tooth on Netflix. Uh, really love those comics. Really looking forward to watching that. Um, it looks weird, man. I watched the preview last night and I was like, ooh. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a trip. It's a trip to say the least. Okay, well, I'll, I'll give it a chance because I wasn't sure if it was... It's definitely sci-fi-ish. Fantasy. Uh, Armageddon. So there's hooks that I would like, but it looked a little horror <laughs> or something. I don't yeah. know what, but there was a little unpleasantness in there. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and then what else is going on? I, I, I was going to say something, but I completely forgot what it was. So clearly not important whatsoever. Well, yeah. With a week off of this show, I will, I will say content consumption was up there because there wasn't much prep that had to be done. So yeah, yeah, it was, it was, uh, Netflix was like, Hey, you're back. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's so funny. they're sending me like three or four messages a day on my freaking cell phone. Now. I know. Right. Oh, and, and I had someone try to commit fraud on my, um, on my cell phone plan. That yeah. was fun. That was crazy. When you put that on the chat, I'm like, of course, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. Angry old man Phil came out. Oh yeah, big oh. time. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. But uh, my my cell phone provider does not like hearing from me right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. But yeah, it, I I actually never really knew that this scam was a thing. Well, apparently, okay, this is a regular thing. Now, I had I had in my in my interactions with customer service reps, and I'm not going to name the company. In my interaction with reps, I found that I had one exceptionally honest representative, and that was the one that I phoned in on the general number and reported that I have detected that someone basically ordered a phone on my account without my authorization. And he was just like, oh, you wouldn't believe how often this happens. He's just like, the fraud squad are going to get back to you in 24 hours. When I followed up 24 hours later, apparently the fraud squad is getting so enamored that like so hammered with shit they're on a three-day turnaround now to get back to people just to notify them acknowledge the case yeah type thing it's crazy yeah that's one thing that like COVID has really um sprung up is like just the scams right like uh, i've seen like even articles and whatnot that just have 
sheer number of scams actually happening right now is is is, is enormous. Um, and you know they they can be really creative now, especially because like you know here in Canada and Ontario with Serb and you know the, all the financial aids that you can get. It's like you know that you can get a text saying click this link, or you know all the various phishing emails and stuff like that and then you have you know the, the the more creative ones which is kind of like what happened to you where they ordered a phone on your account and then try to bypass it yeah they tried to have it delivered somewhere else they tried to misrepresent themselves as me uh, and my cell phone company you know how we talked about locking down all your accounts and putting two-factor authentication on everything never dawned on me that you need to do any more with your you know, provider account never really cla- clipped on me. So I'm just going to say it to everybody out there. Be sure to contact your service provider and put a pin on the account. And as well, you have to specifically say the words that you want pin authorization on every single transaction. Otherwise, yeah. they can sidestep it as they please, because I called in after putting a pin on my account. And the guy was like, hey, let's do something. What What would you like? And he tried to sell me shit. And I'm like, um, you're supposed to ask for my pin. Well, you know, he's just like, eh, well, it's, yeah, it's on here. But wasn't going to do it. That's ridiculous. I can tell you that. That's absolutely ridiculous. But Well, uh, and here's my complaint overall. This is what I told the fraud squad when I finally got a hold of them. I'm like, you have your agents under such pressure to sell. They're, they're allowing this loophole of fraudulent sales of course, to get the sale. And that's what it's about. They've got so much pressure on these people on the front line to make the phone, like to make the move on the phone, to get them into a new plan, to get them into a new upgrade. And they're willing to do anything. So somebody's like opening up a web chat and, you know, has enough information that they're ordering stuff, redirecting it, all that stuff, you know. The thing is, they didn't redirect any of the other messages that came to me, like my mail and the pox that they wanted my old phone back in that alerted me that. And as well, they did a coordinated attack of spamming a certain email address that I had. It was it was a pretty tidy little operation when I look back on it. Yeah. So, you know, be sure, be safe, lock yep. shit down. Exactly. <laughs> like we've talked about many times on the show, like, you know, it's it's two-factor authentication if you know if you're calling service reps um you know typically you can add pins and whatnot to make sure that it is you uh yeah there's a lot that you can do and um you should probably do it just because like i said these scams and the scammers are getting super super creative right now yeah they're bored yeah (laughs) they're at home and they're bored they can't pick pockets anymore (laughs) exactly um so shall we dive into things phil Sure. I'm All right. Ready. We're going to start with, you know, when you think about it, it's really not that surprising, but it is surprising when you kind of think of the context and the timing and everything. But it seems like, you know, now that hindsight is 2020, you know, I think the writing was on the wall for this to happen. And what we're talking mm-hmm. about is Netflix being Netflix. Netflix gonna Netflix. Netflix canceling Jupiter's legacy after just one season and weeks after the initial release of season one, which is super disappointing for a lot of people because season one had a cliffhanger ending. But, you know, as we spoke, like, here's the thing. Uh, Earlier in the week, it was announced that um, they were going to pause 
not and it wasn't canceled they were going to pause the show so i i forget what night that was that the news started coming out i believe uh, it was I wednesday think that was tuesday. tuesday yeah tuesday wednesday, wednesday. Yeah. and uh yeah so you know and then in the morning you go onto the news site and it's canceled so you know obviously there was already a lot of buzz going on that something was going to happen but uh yeah netflix announced formerly in the middle of the week that the show has been canceled but they are going to continue working working with uh, Mark Millar, um, as we said many times. Like, there's a lot of adaptations of his uh, work that is going to be going to Netflix. The next one that they have started working on is a live-action adaptation of Super Crooks. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's... Um, how do you feel, Phil? Like, like <laughs> You know what? Like, I could... I could be angry about it, but unfortunately, I've resigned myself to this being a huge, obviously, risk with any Netflix show, is that they are on such a, like, first off, there are some weird weird things about this in the sense that it was less than a month that the actual discontinuation, I won't even say that they canceled it, Miller, Millar went on Twitter and basically said, it's done with Netflix for now. But yeah. he seems to be holding out hope that maybe someone else picks it up. Yeah. So they they basically the wording was they let the cast and crew out of their obligations and contracts for a second season. They never actually said the words it's canceled. Mm -hmm. They basically just said we're not continuing it. Mm -hmm. So it's it's interesting choices of words. Apparently now the like obviously the critical scores were a little bit low. Uh, audience scores were okay, not amazing. And uh, apparently the price tag for the first season was over $200 million. Yeah. That's, that's what it was that right that's, there. Yeah, that's the money that caused its death. Like, the, the problem was, I think they put so much money into production that they didn't put much money into marketing. Marketing. That's exactly what I was going to say that, you know... Yeah. We even talked about this, like... I don't think it was on the show. I think it was just between us that, you know, what is Jupiter's legacy? Like no one heard of it. They were kind of banking on the on the hope that, you know, the comic people would be talking about the show for them, like and us. And, you know, we did it. But still, I know like yeah. my best friend, she one like uh, she asked me, like, what's this Jupiter's legacy thing? I'm like, well, <laughs> and, 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 and it's also a tough like you know I know a lot of people who are just getting tired of the superhero um, and especially now you know this new genre where it's the whole uh, you know the, the, the angry superhero the anti-hero yeah. and whatnot. like you know I think with the boys invincible and you know this seems to be the ongoing trend and I think a lot of people are just getting a little tired of that um, so there's you know I think some uh some 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 viewers are just kind of like, eh, I'm over it. Uh, it's funny because I have a little chat with about five or six guys that I went to high school with. And I did like a little survey in there. First of all, I was a big guy to push it because obviously, like we talked about, didn't see a lot of push from Netflix on this. So I'm like, hey, look, and some of these guys are professional filmmakers now. They're accomplished in their fields. So they're like, eh. Didn't really enjoy it. Other guys thought it was okay. And then, you know what came out of that discussion yesterday when we were talking about the fact that it got canceled? It was exactly that. 
superhero fatigue. Guys were just like, you know what? I'm tired of turning on a show and having it be about X superheroes. Like, not only is there fatigue about Marvel right now, there's also fatigue about DC, but there's fatigue about everything. And I got to say, I was guilty of it with Jupiter's Legacy because I saw these new outfits and I saw these new powers. And I got a little bit like, oh no, now who's, who's Superman? And who is the Flash? Yeah. And who is Aquaman? And who, you know what I mean? Like I'm sitting there trying to, to make everybody fit an idea of what I already hold about a superhero. Mm-hmm. And that gets a little bit tiresome because the outfits look funny or the symbols on them are not recognizable to me. And it's not a huge ask. I can get around it. I can, but it's, 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 it is a thing. And I just think that that show would have been served well by possibly cutting back on some of the, the expenditures and putting a lot more into promoting the crap out of it. Yeah. Like online, you don't even need to put up a billboard or anything. You just need to, to do a better job at telling people what it's going to be about and trying to appeal to them. Because I thought that show had an interesting dynamic in that it went back to the origin story, which was at a totally different time. It dealt with a new set of ideas about what happens when you have longevity like this and then you're inherited like that resentment between the father and the kids that they just inherited the powers and didn't have to work for them. There were angles in this show that did a better job at most superhero stuff Yeah, for dealing with that kind of thing. And the fact that they were deeply flawed, you know, like the daughter is a drug addict and, you know, and, and all this were just fantastic. Like it was awesome for me because I'm like, Hey, these people are broken. And does she go good? Does she go bad? The betrayal by the brother, everything about it. I was just like, you know what? There's a lot of dramatic chops in this. Yeah. And you know, I wish that I could have seen more. I wish I could have seen where the filmmakers wanted it to go. Because like I say, when I pick up the comic book, the comic book is different, not different, bad. It's just got a different way of, of telling the story. Yep, exactly. And, 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 and that's yeah. part of the, I don't want to say issue, but that's part of like an argument that's been made is that because the show was so different from the actual comic, they kind of like alienated some of the, some of the hardcore people mm. who read the comics right so i think that there was just a lot going on and i think the number one thing was just the cost the sheer cost of it um i was reading an article in prep of this show where they were talking about the fact that if they had made a season two that just the uh, budget on it would have just been in way too high you know <laughs> i can imagine it like the storyboards come in the netflix executives are like f that mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. That's exactly what ended up happening pretty much. Right. Like it was just it's, uh. it's a fascinating study to me because Netflix did what Netflix does and pulls the pulls the bandaid off fast. They, they, you know, less than a month and they're like, we're out. But on Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, that took a year. So I can only imagine how hotly debated those talks were behind closed doors. Yeah. Like, like production crew, Netflix, everybody were like, eh, eh, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it, 
there must have been so many people that were so excited to go for the second season, considering all the sets are pretty much built. You know what I mean? Like they had so much content, like they had so much of the budget wound up in sets that they could reuse and yeah. modify very yep. easily. And it's puppets and everything. But in the end, it was like, ah, the numbers just don't add. And we gave it the longest run possible. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a fascinating thing to see how that company works. And for Good me, or bad. I find the timing interesting also just because, you know, if you're if you know you're going to cancel a show, why would you do it so quickly? Um, you know, after it's released, yeah. uh, because, you know, it's it's it's, um, you know, I know a lot of people who aren't going to watch it anymore. They're not going to give it a chance because it's over. And especially because, you know, knowing that most likely it's going to have some form of a cliffhanger ending so a lot of people i know are, are just not even giving it the chance at all and it sucks yeah because it, they've you know, doomed it out yeah, of the box exactly so that's what's really weird about all this i find the timing interesting and I, like i understand the budget like it, it, it is what it is um you know and 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 i appreciate the fact that they didn't like you know release a second season and just like significantly decrease the budget to the point where just the like the the show itself is hurt by a lower budget, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be the special effects or the cast or something, right? Like, um, so I appreciate that fact, and I appreciate the fact also that you know they did announce that you know they uh, were were releasing people from their contracts. Like, you know, these especially yeah. actors are one thing, but we have to think of everybody else that's involved in production, right? Like, they need jobs now. Mm-hmm. They need to know what their next gig is, especially if it's gig-based, you know, you you got to stay on top of things. And knowing that your job is done, it's going to, you know, you're going to get out there and you're going to get get to it. But if you're kind of left in limbo, then it kind of opens the door for, like, just a lot of unknowns, right? Yeah, and you know what? Like, when we're looking at everything in the pantheon of superhero stuff, like it's hard to compete against Disney in that arena. And Disney put the ultimate slapdown on everybody with WandaVision, yeah. with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Now with Loki, I'm sure is going to be fascinating. Yeah. And the variety of content as well, the what ifs, cartoons coming out, uh, even MODOK. I'm sorry, but like Disney are just slapping it around right now. And it's ridiculously fun content, even when it's, you know, like I say, MODOK, which is basically the most asinine thing that you could do is actually funny. Yep. You know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. The success that's coming out of that studio. And it's interesting to see Netflix just go, I'm out. <laughs> We're going to chase something else that's weird and oddballed down. This is a little too mainstream and we can't hold against it. Yeah, exactly. So this is going to be yeah. Logan Paul against Mayberry. <laughs> yeah. Or Mayweather. Mayweather. Yeah, it's going to be a shit show to say the least. I can't believe that that's where boxing is headed, right? Like this is the, this is, this. like I feel sorry for any le- legitimate boxer because this is the shit that's getting the pay-per-view buys, right? Not to yeah. actual competitors um, in a meaningful, entertaining contest. Like it's now. Become, this is bizarro world, man. Yeah. Like. I I I couldn't believe it when he did that first fight and Snoop Dogg was the announcer. Oh yeah, 
and people were laughing at the fact that like i think it got a lot of success because snoop dog yep. was doing that yep. and now it's a thing you know what i mean like it, it seemed like that that made it explode onto the scene and now yeah that's the sport yeah and that's kind of sad man i remember well to be fair when i was a kid mike tyson had that one fight that was like like what 15 seconds yeah <laughs> we all spent like a hundred and some odd dollars to watch that live yeah <laughs> it was just exactly. like boom gone <laughs> yeah it's so funny um but we yeah it just really sucks beer. yeah it just really really sucks um, but yeah, so, you know, it's, I chalk it up to, it is what it is with Netflix. Um, you know, it's, it's just, that's the age that we're in. Like if it's not even, yeah. you know, projected to be doing well, it's just like, you know, let's just cut it. And then there's the other issue with Netflix that again, we're going to have a special about it someday, but you know, it's the, um, the, the terms in the contract. So just to not give people raises they're going to cancel a show so you know whatever what can what, what can you really do what can you say well i'm glad we got the one season yep you know at it, the very least who knows maybe someone picks it up maybe the rights are released as well maybe miller takes it somewhere else maybe not who knows it uh it had potential but i i it's not the first time nor will it be the last time that netflix lets the air out of something uh, honest like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, what can you do? Thanks, Netflix. Um, all right. So, uh, cryptocurrency. So here's an interesting thing. And, and, you know, we've talked, we've been talking more and more about cryptocurrency. We've been talking more about like, uh, um, NFTs and Bitcoin mm-hmm. and Dogecoin and all of that fun stuff. And uh, we seem to be getting a lot of attention when we do talk about it. So let's, we're going to continue. We'll, uh, you know, so, you know, what's interesting about cryptocurrency is the fact that, you know, it's, 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 I don't, I don't even know how to explain like what it is and how it can be used. But, um, you know, we're starting to see, uh, you know, more, What's the what's the phrase I'm looking for? Like more more legitimacy around it. Um, yeah, to they're the trying point. to become legitimate. They're trying to legitimize the currency. Yeah, right. Because one of the major things that attracts people to it is the transactions are not traceable. Yeah, and that has shade. So when you see Tesla uh, as an example, I know that that's a bad word in Bitcoin world right now, but you see. Elon Musk and other companies trying to allow their products to be purchased with the coins, with yeah. with the currency. That's when you start to get the interest of legislators and banks and governments. And that's the weird spot that we're in right now. Yep. <laughs> right? Yep. So they're having a big Bitcoin conference right now in, in Florida, I believe. Yeah. And... You know, and kind of seeing like what governments are actually doing with Bitcoin is interesting because I know that here in Canada, you know, they I don't want to say they want to regulate it, but they want to put certain rules around it. Um, You know, if you have if you do a purchase more of more than like 10K or something like that, you know, it has to be reported. Um, You know, I know that the major banks in Canada also are starting to put a throw a little more shade at cryptocurrency where, you know, 
you for with some banks you can't even make purchases of cryptocurrency anymore interesting yeah um and then we have el salvador who you know is a <laughs> in the caribbean they want to be the first nation to actually treat bitcoin like cash wow yeah well you know what like it, it's it's inevitable that certain countries with maybe not the most sound financial uh currencies would be eager to adopt something that has stability yeah and crypto has more stability i would assume for some of these countries and el salvadorian people if you're upset with me i'm sorry i'm not trying to 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 be harsh on it i'm just saying there's a there's um an attraction to a stable currency and I would imagine that most countries that are looking yeah. into it have unstable. Yeah. One, well, here's the thing with El Salvador. <clears throat> so I know this just because like my family is from El Salvador. And essentially, <laughs> they adapt, adopted using the American dollar over their, yeah. their regular dollar, um, the Cologne, from years ago now. And I think that because of the just the unstable nature of using someone else's dollars, like really leading to a very unstable nature in, in their economy. And at the end of the day, I know that they're kind of, you know, trying to see what to do. So for years, it's been hotly debated whether they should go back to using their own dollar or continue using the American dollar. Right. So I, I can see this kind of and I know that the new president, like he's like, uh, you know, really young, like he's super young. Um, and he, he's, he's, he's rocked that country in the sense that like, you know, he's not the most popular person because he's kind of changed the status quo. Let's just say that. Mm. And I know that like one of the things he really wants to invest on is in like technology. So he, I think he's trying to get, you know, ahead of the curb, ahead of everyone else and trying to set up the system where, you know, um, where, uh, they can make these like, you know, pave the way show how it could be done you know man it, it's it's highly volatile though you know what i mean like you look at what's going on i know i know bitcoin in itself has held its value pretty well but what elon has been doing with it it's taken a bit of a bath what he did with dogecoin it it's definitely had its ups and downs and this whole stonks thing right which i feel is tied into it because with our discussion of stonks on the show and the memification of stocks overall. Like this week was crazy for AMC. Yeah. Right? Like they they went from an $8 stock to $69 this week. Yeah. Just because people decided that they wanted to hurt, you know what I mean? They wanted that that stock to skyrocket. Yeah. There was profits to be had, right? There was people holding on to large portions of lower 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 price stock that are obviously gaining in value and then exit when it, the elevator hits the roof and i just feel like like crypto is in that ride you know what i mean where it's very susceptible to manipulation in the market depending on who's holding how much and the mining situation and then you have the ethics surrounding it i it seems to be a very volatile thing i would be very hesitant yeah one hundred percent. Like you know. it's just you're creating a very interesting market and setting quite the precedents, especially when there are so many questions about like not so much the legit legitimacy of it, but like kind of like how it's used. Like let's be honest, it's like, it's like Bitcoin is used to do shady stuff. 
Yeah. And well, here's the thing, right? When I'm looking at, if you look at a corporation and it's made public on a stock market, all right, so you buy an X company. X company in the past has maybe done some shady stuff as far as insider trading and, and things like that. And people feel burned because maybe they, they got invested as an employee or just a fan of the company. Stocks blew up, stocks went down, they lost money, they're mad, regulators step in. Crypto and this meme stock market in general is based off of balls out nothing. Yep. Right? It, it's completely, there's no central boardroom making decisions and information getting leaked out of it. It's quite literally subject to influences by the internet. And they don't know how to regulate that. And this is like, again, early days in the Wild West. You know, yeah. people like Elon Musk is basically tweeting pictures like emojis and people are having a tough time interpreting that. And it's affecting the stock prices yep. of the stuff he's tweeting about. That's what I don't get. It's like, how is that not Ugh. absolute 100 percent manipulation? Like, how is that not stock manipulation at its like just most illegal of ways? I know, but he didn't say a word. Still, you know what I mean? Like, but, I know. I, I know that he can, there's a lot of ways that he can get out of getting zinged, but, you know, it's just, it's setting up just a horrible, horrible precedence because it's just like, at this point, like, what's it to stop him from essentially manipulating his way so that, you know, I'm not going to say that Tesla shares, but anything he, uh, he invests in, you know, won't skyrocket or yeah. or it'll you know what he invests in is going to go up because the competitors of everyone else is going to go down so it's it's really interesting what he's doing um and it just goes to show you how this like the market is just so volatile and it's just like it's 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 man we're in for a really wild ride with uh the markets and crypto and and all of this and it's you know it's for sure something yeah. that we try to uh Stay on top of just because, you know, this is, uh, uh, I don't know. It's, it's Well, look at it this way. If you're listening to the show, like we say in the song, you're probably a nerd. And the fact is, is that I can't log into Twitter or anywhere else and not be hit with a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And you got questions. We got questions. We, we try to have answers. But if you look at the totality of what's happening economically, and part of it's due to the pandemic, Part of it is due to all the stuff that we've been doing up until now, but you're talking about high inflation. You're talking about, you know, markets reacting and, and, and equalizing to it, which means inflation rates going up, which means, you know, interest rates going up and, and things like that. And all of a sudden you've got a whole bunch of people who are at home. And I'm not saying that this is a hundred percent the case, but you've had a whole bunch of people at home being given money to stay at home. Yeah. Right. By governments by whatever relief programs are out there, they're obviously like you're having a lot of trouble getting people to go back to work in New York city and mm -hmm. things like that, because the payouts are so well structured that there people are existing and able to exist at home. Rent prices going down, all this kind of stuff is setting up this scenario where people are doing home investing and feeling like they're coming out ahead. But I just feel like the market overall is going to re react and it's not going to be a great time for everybody. Yeah. I think institutional investors and people who are educated 
Um, and not to say that the other people aren't, but I'm just saying have a formal uh, uh, education in finance and how all of this stuff works are going to be long-term better off than some of the shorting that's going to happen to regular folks potentially yep. when all of this stuff starts, the bubble starts to burst, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. That's- Those are my fears. That's my fear. And that's for regular folks, right? That are playing this game and reading Reddit and reading memes and just going, oh yeah, I'm just going to go and spend $20,000, my last $20,000 on AMC stock today. Yeah. And, and well, I'm going to buy into crypto. Even though it's really high, I feel like it's going to keep on going high. It's like buying into Tesla right now. Yep, exactly. The company's way overvalued. Why would you buy it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's got to, at some point, come down. And then you might want to think about it. And you've yep. got to see where it bottoms to. But I don't give financial advice. I'm just giving my thoughts. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. That's all we're here to do. It's all about entertainment and information. And information. Yeah, you do you, man. Yeah. Yeah, we, 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 it's, it's, you do you. All right, we're going to move on. We're going to talk about video games. There's a lot going on in the video game world because, you know, we're right in the heels of E3 and after kind of like, you know, the video game industry right now is just, it's, it's a very interesting industry right now. Um, You know, we're seeing delays after delays after delays. And I know people are getting super frustrated. So, you know, Let's talk about this first, and just the sheer number of delays that we're, we're that we're seeing, um, and these are huge games that are actually being delayed. Like you know, we've seen the Lego game being delayed. We've seen the um, you know, I think earlier this week there was another major delay. Uh, even taking a look at you know, uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven and, and and that entire fiasco and you know, delay yeah. gate and stuff like that. Um, you know, and and, and uh, like. I'm of the mind that I would rather play a complete game and they take as long as they need to get it there um, rather than, you know, having something rushed, having something that is half-baked, having something that's just not good because of quality. Um, You know, I'm spending my hard-earned money on 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 these games, so I want it to be good. I want it to be stable. I want it to work. I just want it to work. How crazy of a concept is that? So I'm okay with that. But what I am seeing and what I am really starting to get a little nervous about, and I know that there's a lot of factors that go into a release date. I know that a lot of it has to do with these companies and, you know, especially these some of these public companies, you know, they have to adhere to the rules and not rules, but like, you know, they have a, they have to set the standard for their investors. So, yeah, you know, one thing is having a release date that, you know, just, whatever. So what I'm noticing is that like without getting into the exact details of stuff because we're not in those conferences where we're like we're not in yeah. those uh conference uh, boardrooms we're not in those meetings we don't know we're not privy to this information but i just feel like something needs to happen that we need to have more realistic a more realistic approach to release dates now i understand yeah. that there's so much that goes into these games more than anyone can imagine but i don't know it's just setting a really bad standard right now that everything is being delayed and you know you make an announcement and five years later you're still working on the game because you know you just completely overshot 
when you thought you were going to finish. And again, I know that so much goes into these games and they're getting more and more complicated, especially now when you factor um, cross play, cross platform play and stuff like that. It's just like there's even more pressure on the devs, but, but we need a more realistic approach to these release dates. Like, couldn't you do cross-play implement it later on like Destiny's doing right now? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there are certain things that are must-have on, on launch, and then there are certain things that are, are good to get later. So first off, there has to be that identification in the project rollout. But I think we're seeing a perfect storm of COVID interfering with basically everybody's mojo, right? Like, as everybody's in the office, everybody's, you know, dying in front of their PCs coding and working the OT and whatnot and i think that all of that takes a certain amount of collaboration to do it right so game developing isn't i'm gonna go home and i'm gonna code for 20 hours and and drink red bull for four and get back at it yeah type thing i i, I think that it really needs an environment where you can talk about the fact that your underwear is stenchy and as well, you know, like you're, 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 you're freebasing ideas, right? Against people. And you're going, wouldn't it be cool if the character did this? Or wouldn't it be cool if that? And you're relating personal stuff and you're implementing that into the, into the game and the character, the characteristics of the game and giving it personality that people find uh, endearing. And that's lost right now. So obviously these projects are being run out of far. And then secondly, I think it's a perfect storm of the generational change between a PS4 and a PS5, Xbox One to Xbox Series X. I think that that's damaging things because we all know most launch games that are specific for the new consoles typically end up being the cringiest when you look back on it because you go, it had really good graphics but the gameplay was horrible. It had this going for it, but this really suffered. And then you look at a console two or three years into its maturity, and the games reflect a certain uh, amplified level of gameplay that's truly reflective of the hardware and the, the programming savvy that had to go into creating the games. And we are really mired in the fact that we got these consoles dropped on us. I don't think the industry was really ready. I don't think developers were really ready. And I think developers right now are looking at the established console bases of the Xbox and of specifically the PS4, and they still see money signs there. And I think that that's causing a lot of problems within these boardrooms where they're like, well, do we make it a PS5 exclusive? Do we make it a cross exclusive? And if you're going to make it a PS4 and PS5 game or an Xbox One and Xbox Series X game, it means two games. Yeah. Double the work. Yeah. Potentially. Like, it's, it's a weird place that a lot of these publishers are in. And then you factor in the cannibalization of all of these things that are happening at the same time. Microsoft going out and buying Bethesda, right? or ZeniMax, and all of their titles, and then redirecting those platforms to be Xbox exclusives, right? So that means that you're changing the focus of a whole lot of projects that haven't been committed to, like this new space one that they're doing is now supposedly an Xbox exclusive. You know, and, and Nintendo 
on the verge of announcing the Switch Pro. There's a lot happening in the video game industry on the hardware side of things, and I think that further destabilizes software. Yeah, I, I think you're and development. You, yeah, I think you're 100 percent right there. Um, you know, and 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 yeah, like that. There, there's so many moving parts right now, and I think the expectations are so high right now. Um, fan expectations and and like consumer yeah. expectations, and and that's fine. And I think that for the most part, you know, a lot of these games hit the mark, but. You know, it's just this, there's just a level of planning that needs to just additionally happen. And, and again, I'm not crapping on anyone in particular. I'm just speaking like in general in the industries. Like I think we all as consumers also need to just, you know, lay back and let people do their thing. Um, you know, yeah. they, these people are already under enough pressure and there's no point in, you know, just 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 like hammering down and whatnot. So. It, you know, it's, it's it's hard because we have the new consoles and we want to see the shit for it. Like yeah. we, I, I get a, a incredible amounts of pride when I fire up a PS5 and I see something that I've never seen in a video game before. Yeah, you know, and I go, oh man, like that was crazy that they did that animation, that the lightning, the shadows, the rain, the fog, all this stuff is hitting at once, and you're like, holy crap, I've never seen anything like that, not even in real life. That type yep. of thing. Like, uh, there's a part of me that gets completely geeked out by all that. Yep. But you're right. You gotta, you gotta let it happen. It takes time. It does take time. You know? It takes a lot of time. And, um, you know, it. and and, and this kind of segues perfectly into E3. And, you know, E3, especially after no show in 2020, I think it's, like, it's going to be coming back with a vengeance. And so E3 oh. essentially starts... Um, well, officially later this week um so you know and and, and there's a lot going on so eh. there's been you some... know it, sorry it's just funny because e3 is always being touted as almost dead isn't yeah. it like yeah 100%. like they, they really sold it out and now there's a lot of hype around it because it is coming back but even the companies that don't participate in e3 end up releasing stuff this week yeah Exactly. So it's going to avalanche a lot in the industry. Yeah. So even if you don't see a Sony or a, some big player at E3, you're probably still going to be getting some big news this week. I'll bet you, I'll, I'm curious to see if Nintendo officially announced a Switch Pro. Yep, exactly. So there's a lot of uh, hype and news around the Switch Pro. Um, and then there's also a, you know, lot, or I guess earlier this weekend there was some news that a new metroid game was going to be announced at e3 um you know yeah. and then taking a look at the like the official uh you know mini conferences within e3 you have ubisoft forward on june 12th um you have transmission software uh you have uh xbox and bethesda i think that's a huge one that's going to be on june 13th mm -hmm. uh square enix another big one that's also june 13th uh, Warner Brothers Games, June 13th. Nintendo is June 15th. Bandai Namco is June 15th. But as Phil mentioned, you know, Sony's not officially there. But you know they're going to be doing their own thing. You know that news, yeah. like, you know, right now that video game news is going to get the top headlines, you know, in some circles. Uh, you know, they're just going to try to capitalize on that and 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 even even their state of play on uh horizon right yeah. the new horizon game like that that's already wet in the whistle 
yeah. type thing. But I'm hearing as well that there's rumors that on this on the Nintendo side of things, when they do, it, when and if they do announce the Switch Pro, it's apparently going to have an option where you can have Xbox Game Pass on it. Interesting. That's so interesting. It, I don't know how true it is. It is rumor, mm-hmm. but. The point is, is that Xbox have all of a sudden shifted all of their marketing, if you notice on Twitter, to be it doesn't matter what platform you play on. Mm-hmm. And they're starting to open it up to be we're coming on other shit, like beyond the PC. They're not directly saying it, but it is happening. They shifted their their uh, uh, outward strategy this week to be uh, why not? The, I think it was something specifically aimed at Stadia of all things, but they said it doesn't matter where you game as long as you game. Yeah, exactly. And Stadia and, the, and their accounts went back and forth with it. So I thought that that signaled something that might be interesting and it might be bunk. Yeah, but overall, like, that's the thing, right? Like, it's just, I'm so interested to kind of see where Microsoft is heading. Um, there's just so much going on right now in video games and it's just like such a huge industry. And like we mentioned, like, you know, I think a lot of people are noticing just how big that video game industry actually is. Um, I'll still hold on to the whole idea that 343 ruined Halo. Yep, 100%. <laughs> Gotta get that in at least once an episode. So If you're going to talk about the video games and shows, yeah. 343 will come up and just go, we've all almost completed the, the Warthog. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, what a what a absolute shit show that company is. But uh, yeah, so you know, I'm, we'll we'll see what's going on with E3 and all the announcements and Nintendo and Sony and Xbox and you know who knows Google might even have something for us. You just never know. Well, you know what? Google are quietly in in the video game talk of things. Google are quietly going around and starting to to boast a little bit. I don't know if it, all these personnel changes have resulted in uh, some confidence by those who are there now and inherited the roles. I don't even know who steps up into those roles, but I have noticed quite a bit of tweets and whatnot from the Stadia account officially, basically, and on their blog saying, hey, Google Stadia is here to stay. We don't know where all this crap is coming from that Google is going to abandon Stadia, but we're announcing 10 new games in the next couple of days. Like they're, they're aggressively going after people and calling them out for calling them out. Yeah, exactly. And whatnot. And it's, it's good to see because I think people have capitalized on that at their expense and hell I've done it right. Like where I've made jokes about Stadia before using it and saying, you know, the 10 people who use it and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I was surprised and obviously stand corrected that there's an extremely passionate fan base in there. And the, the thing that's mind-blowing about it is exactly what wrong with kind of the video game industry right now. Everybody wants a PS5. Everybody wants an Xbox Series X. Back. Number one, availability. Number two, price. Yep. All right? So those are the two biggest factors in limiting the console's uh, exposure to the public right now. When you look at Google Stadia, all you need is the internet. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. You can play with an existing controller or you can just, you know what I mean? Like the barriers are so low on Google Stadia. You need the internet and a controller. Mm-hmm. 
You don't even need a subscription. You can just log in today and play Destiny for free. Yep. Destiny 2. Yep. Like, the absolute value proposition is insane with Google Stadia and yep. with cloud gaming in general, right? Like, Stadia is the most accessible because you don't need to be subscribed. Yeah. Yeah. goes a long way and, and, and this but, is the thing right like I, I think microsoft has caught wind of that and they know that that's up because of how long have they like made hints that there's going to be less hardware for microsoft and it's, they're going to rely on game pass and cloud yeah. gaming for this very reason you know hardware is moving aggressively into that cloud yeah like hardware is you don't make money off of hardware that's the unfortunate part, right? And with more pressure on on companies, they're trying to figure out ways where they can not have to have hardware, and that's going to make things super, um, I guess, easier for them in the sense that you know that that's a huge cost that they don't have to take care part in. Yeah, it, it's it's a loss leader. At the end of the day, a piece of hardware is it's attractive for a few reasons to these companies. It's a secure platform. They can get statistics out of it, consumer statistics about game use and things like that. They can they can definitely do some surveillance on that end in order to make them happy on on that data collection front. Yep. But it costs a lot of money. And when we're looking at this, those statistics still rack up. Yeah. And Google, by God, they love selling statistics, right? We are the product. Yep. So it's 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 not inconceivable to me to see some kind of future where like i say google is the backbone of something or has an arrangement and you know this week big news in google stadia land is that uh ubisoft plus plus is available in canada and europe now so if you're paying ubisoft the x dollars that they want a month to have unlimited access to their games and not have to buy them anymore so you pay them, I think it's something like 15 or 17 bucks Canadian a month. Yep. And then you get all of their games streamable over Stadia. It's kind of insane. It, it is. It's where this is all going, right? And you think about just the fact that now you're getting into a real digital space, which means that markups are changing, right? Because the only reason why games are $69.99 or $90 is because they're trying to put the the price of games to be the same as what they are when you go to the store in yep. order to allow the store to exist. Mm -hmm. But now if you're on an all digital platform, that rule has to change at some point. Like the amount of sales that I see on Google Stadia and you know, even on the PS5 and Xbox marketplaces are insane. Yep. Like I was having this discussion with a friend today because she asked me, she goes, well, should I be physical copies or digital? And I'm like, I really like physical copies, but yeah, I'll tell you, I go into the PlayStation store and I see the opportunity, get a game now and get it cheaper. Yep. I'm probably going to buy digital. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, it's, it's crazy how much the game industry sales end of it has changed. Yep. Yep. And that's what E3 is going to be equalizing for us. Right. Like they're, they're going to be talking about the path forward in a very direct or indirect way over the next week. Yeah. Yep. And that's what I'm most interested in seeing from this show's perspective 100%. is some of that future path about where games development goes, but as well, where does the marketplace go? Yeah. Yeah. I'm overall 
overall really interested to kind of see like what news comes out of E3 because you know, um, you know, the tides are changing. How where we're gonna go, where we're gonna end up, we'll see. Um, you know, it seems to be in the cloud, but you know, let's let's take a look at what uh, uh, information comes out, what announcements are made at E3 because that kind of gives us a good, um, you know, a good view into what these companies are planning and thinking and whatnot. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah, next week will be a video game rich uh, uh, endeavor. Yeah, one hundred percent. Phil, what are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you reading? What are you? What, what's going on? Uh, Star Wars comics, man. Uh, for for television, it's everything. I've been watching the Great North. Yeah. Uh, that show um, that Tyler had mentioned. To be honest, I, I haven't read the books that you mentioned at one time yet. I bought them. Uh, but I did read The Good Asian, that book, uh, which, yeah, that was crazy good. And I have been listening to uh, hit, uh, the Hail Mary, yeah, the one by uh, the Martian guy. That's a lot of math, man. And Tyler is so right. I'm, I'm, I'm upset that he's not here this week because... There, there definitely has to be a talk about the decisions that are made in that book. Yeah, Tyler warned me, and he, he was so, um, quiet about it yet stated. And when it hit, I was like, "You asshole!" <laughs> he got me. Yeah, like, and I was even prepared for it, and I was just like, "Okay, this," is, and you know, he built up that ending, and I haven't got there. I thought I was near the end. Mm-hmm. And then I look at my Audible book, and there's like ten more chapters, and I'm like, wow. "Holy crap! This is a hell of a book." Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's weird, man. Definitely weird. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, it's a lot of alien stuff and whatnot. It's uh, pretty heavy mm-hmm. and out there. Now, I don't know if this is going to make a good movie or not. I really don't. <laughs> it's it's uh. I, I, I can't even imagine some of what's being described to me mm-hmm. in this. But yeah, otherwise, like TV, Lego Masters season two started this week. Yes. And I got to say, I, I'm excited for it. Uh, it's it's stupid. It's reality TV. Yeah. All right. So uh, bar is really low. And it it's, it's Will Arnett, who is an absolute gem on it. And... um. You know, uh, it's just fun to see the excitement around Lego. And that's something else that I've been building up again. I, I got the Everyone is Awesome set this week, which is the the Pride release. But as well, Lego announced a whole crap ton of stuff for August in the Star Wars realm. Mm-hmm. And they're, they announced officially two sets this week. Um, Ahsoka versus uh, uh, Darth Maul on the the um, throne of the Mandalorian from the last season of Clone Wars, mm-hmm. and Bo Katan's Mandalorian ship with Bo Katan, and the minifigures are just awesome. And then unofficially released are the rest of the Star Wars stuff. Uh, I guess the Darth Vader's meditation chamber, which looks I don't know the model looks kind of dumb, but I kind of feel like I need it. Because there are some cute things to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the Bad Batch on August 1st, which we know about. But as well, there's a whole bunch of other sets that got leaked out that are all Mandalorian. Yeah. The uh, the the Star Destroyer-ish thing that uh, 
that the one guy uses in the final episode. Um, you know, there's the troop transport. There's a lot of neat stuff in there. And I look at it all and my wallet's already hurting. Yep. I know, right? <laughs> it's it's just crazy. Um Yeah, it's 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 yeah, there's a lot going on there, right? Like and uh you know, and, and it's just it's like the detail that some of these sets, like from the pictures that you were sending me, is just amazing. Like they look really, really nice, some of these sets. They've upped their game. Yeah. As well, you have to figure in the Infinity Saga, which is the new Marvel line of Lego that's coming out. And the thing is, is that these released elsewhere in the world earlier. Mm-hmm. So what's happening is a lot of the American YouTubers are importing them yeah. and reviewing them now, even though they're not for sale. But I saw a whole bunch of reviews on the um, the Guardian ship, right? And holy crap, that's $200. It's $189. Bucks. Yeah. But... This thing is insane. It's insane. Oh, I I can't wait to get my hands on it. Like, it, and I already have a model of it, and I'm like, it makes it look like crap. Mm-hmm. It's it's Lego has gotten so great at shaped pieces and color matching and detail. Like, mm-hmm. it it really was a bit of a joke for me to switch from collecting hasbro type things to collecting lego yeah and enjoying the challenge or the fun of building and collecting combined it seemed like the value for my money was there and the lego has upped their game like lego has really positioned themselves to make a quality model right now so good on them like it, it it uh it's it's a lot and to see the excitement around lego and i'll tell you like right now i would never ever be able to be on lego masters yeah these, would, that would not be it's the insane detail the work everything the creativity that these people have is just absolutely insane it is and the funny thing is is that you know right off the bat that there's some dog teams in there yeah there's some people that should not be on that show yeah and they stand out so much in the early early parts of this show. And this week was a non-elimination week. So next week is going to be interesting because the the people have exposed themselves and what their creative levels are like. And the guys who won it this week look like they're going to have a cakewalk. Now, the challenges are so different each week that obviously there might be times where they struggle. But... Yep. I also really like as well having the Lego designers there to judge them. And I find that their insight and I don't know, I guess just their whole um, knowledge with the whole product line and the philosophy of the company is so interesting to me Yeah, to see it expressed. But as well, it also feels very corporate, right? Like it's an engineered show. It's, it's, you know, it is what it is. It's just fun to see the competition, I guess. And and the scale of the competition, just so you know, I don't know if you ever watched an episode yeah. of this. Oh, yeah, yeah. I watched all of last season. Yeah. So we're talking like 14-hour builds mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It, it's not for the faint of heart yeah. for these people making it. And they screw with them the whole time. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they're, they're constantly like trying to change things, like stopping it in the middle and then just deciding that they have to do more or less. Or whatever, if they see people are are making it too far too early, 
But this week, the, the winner was a double dragon thing, like two dragons that moved when it rolled. And the motion was just so well done. Like the guys who won it, holy cow. Good for them sushi chefs. Yeah. Brothers. So it's been a lot of fun on that front because I've not been beating myself up with too much uh, geek watching. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. For sure. Like I like I said, I've been watching a lot of random stuff. I can't really like there's no, it's nothing of note, right? Like it's nothing that I think that yeah. uh I would it's not even that I wouldn't recommend. It's just like it's nothing of note. It's like really random older stuff that I've been watching. Um trying to keep up to date with like uh Handmaid's Tale is probably the biggest one. And the Bad Batch, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, Bad Batch for me, Modoc. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a weekend routine for me right now. And like I say, I know that you're not a big fan of Modoc at all. At all. But um, it, it's just hilarious right now because in the show, and this isn't spoilery, it's just it's just a fact in the show, Modoc's company, AIM, gets bought by Google, <laughs> like a, a, a Google-type entity. Yeah. And the president of Google, of the Google-ish company, is constantly mocking Modoc and being an asshole to him and trying to do stuff to him because he's just like you know just being a dick to him because he's like i own your company type thing and it's, it's just funny the little parallels to silicon valley and stuff yeah. that i just see and i'm like yeah that's a pop culture thing that's pretty cute and you know the struggles of this big-headed alien or this big-headed dude in the in the floating seat it's, yep. it's weird man it's I really know. weird i know it's a trip for sure <laughs> Uh, so this Wednesday we have Loki coming out on Disney Plus. Um, I think our midweek episode. We're gonna have to talk about. Isn't it Friday? Nope, Wednesday, June eleventh. Isn't nope, it? The ninth. First episode is on Wednesday. Okay, I thought it was the eleventh. Nope, nice. Nope. I'm excited. Yeah. It seems weird to drop it on a Wednesday, but I'll take it. But I guess Bad Batch Fridays. Yeah, exactly. Um. I can I, I I don't I don't know if it's gonna stay on Wednesday, um, yeah. but uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, at least episode number one, June 9th, twenty twenty one. Um, so let's see how this goes. Like it looks wacky, it looks fun, it looks different. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of hype around it. I know that like I personally am looking forward to it, and let's just see what happens. Like, or is this gonna? Are we gonna have to have to have that? conversation again about the mcu and is it too big for or it's for its own self now and you know we'll see we'll see uh-huh. we'll see what this explains how they take where they take the mcu especially you know with uh kind of those cliffhangers from wandavision and um falcon and winter soldier like i'm really interested to kind of see where the entire world is and i think one positive thing about loki is that because it seems to be kind of like in this, uh, um, you know, uh, like, I don't know. It seems like the the sliders, the quantum leap of mm-hmm. of the MCU. Um, so, you know, I know that they can have a little more fun with stuff, but I wonder how, what framework and what groundwork they're going to lay for the actual overall MCU. Yeah, it's an interesting question to see what kind of effects it will have. On if any. being in this alternate, yeah, if any, that's true. Um, being in this alternate timeline, does it stay concealed in that alternate timeline or does it spill out into other timelines? 
Marvel have uh, an opportunity here to be creative and, but they also exactly like you say, have to mind the line and know that maybe overstepping this could really hurt things. So it's going to be interesting to see that calculation. Like something that I was watching the other night, which was on showcase here. And it absolutely made me laugh was the original Ang Lee Hulk. Yeah. Movie. And first of all, I did not realize Jennifer Connelly was in that. Oh, yeah. I had forgotten that. 100%. So I enjoyed watching that a little bit of that. Um, but it was just interesting to see Kevin Feige, Stan Lee, all this stuff there, and the choices that they made in that, and how far the MCU has come, even though this was done under Sony. It still had the involvement of Kevin Feige and everything at that time because the purchase hadn't gone through. Yep. And wow, it... it They've matured a lot, and I don't know where it, like, I kind of feel like Marvel's on this mountain peak right now, and there's nowhere to go but down, and I'm worried about that. That is for sure a huge concern, right? And that's kind of like, I don't, I'm not trying to dog on Marvel, but I'm like, like, you know, there are questions right now. Like, there's just like... Like there, like I, I, I was having a conversation with my nephew actually, and he was t- thinking like, you know, the next few phases just don't seem as epic. The next few phases kind of, kind of, kind of seem meh. Um, and I know he wasn't overly impressed with the Eternals. Um, you know, even the trailer drop mm-hmm. and and kind of like that. And then that's the thing, right? Like, Marvel has, like, they still have huge characters that they can draw on, especially now with the Fox people coming over. Um, and, you know, hopefully they can play nice with Sony and, and keep uh, Spider-Man. But, you know, they're, they're, they, there's a lot of room for them to screw up right now. And, and it's, it's, yeah. it's kind of nerve-wracking, right? Even with Black Widow, you know, let's see what yeah. happens. And, and it's funny, too, because I know that we watched WandaVision and we watched Falcon and Winter Soldier. And we're going to watch Loki. And that that was a distinct possibility in my mind, watching each one of those. Yep. That this could be when Marvel shits the bed. Yep. Yep. Right? Like and and they'll just make it go away and learn from it and recover. And but it was a part of the allure of watching it was the possibility that it was going to fail. Yep. And they hit home runs with those. Like the expectation bar was certainly lower than it is going into an end game. Or whatever, that's fair. But they exceeded expectation as far as, you know, I think our combined watching of it would go. We we were impressed, right? Yeah, overall, I was very impressed. And, and like, I'm not looking for them to screw up. I'm not looking for them to stumble. No, but but it's like watching NASCAR, man. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) The possibility is there. (laughs) Especially now, like I say, because, like, they are drawing on, like, characters and stories that you never would have thought would ever appear on screen like you know even even the eternals right like who how many people mm-hmm. actually really know a lot about them right like um you know and and then and, and there's that whole other conversation about like are they going to get the enough casual people watching this stuff because if it's not you know, and for Marvel's case, I guess if it's not a spider man or it's not Captain America, you know then you know, I know, yes, everyone's always going to bring up Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, and and, and that's why there's always, um, you know, I have faith in what they're doing and I have faith that they can make it good and I have faith that these characters are going to get the respect they deserve. 
But you know, it's it that's you're not always gonna get a Guardians of the Galaxy, um, you know that 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 shining star, yeah. right? Yeah, and here's the thing, right? Marvel is diversifying its its offerings here with the Eternals, and you know the attempt was with Guardians, right? Like, who's gonna believe a CGI tree man and a raccoon and all this stuff? And they made it so zany that it worked. Okay, but I think with the Eternals and with some of these other properties, they're going to be appealing to different age groups, different markets. Yep. And I think this is the beginning of where maybe Marvel starts to lose some of that core audience that goes, I have to see every single Marvel movie. And you might get people starting to say, eh, the Eternals isn't for me. Yeah. Uh, this property isn't for me. And then when you get to the phase ending, you know, or or phases ending type events, those characters get mixed in, but you're only dedicating, you know, 10 minutes to them on screen and yeah. they're contributing towards a greater thing. And then everybody can feel good about it. And if you want to know more, there's a movie or there's a show or there's whatever. The, the thing is, is that I think Marvel are diversifying the portfolio in such a way that they're maybe not going to be looking at these huge box office weekends, but they're going to be looking at multi-level audience attraction and hoping to sell people on a bigger buy-in. Like maybe I go, Hey, I really want to know more about the Eternals Yeah. after seeing this. And I go back and watch it or whatever. I it's, it's interesting to see how that parses out yep. if they chose to do it, or if they say, Nope, this is movie number 26. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Watch it. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. Because I know people who skip Captain Marvel. I know people who skip certain movies along the MCU way because there was so much coming out in such yeah. a compressed way, right? Like yeah. you know, you had Thor Ragnarok, you had all of this stuff happening. There's a real danger, right? Like this new Thor movie, they might lose a lot of the Thor audience or something, or yeah. and they might gain new people that goes to Natalie Portman. Hey, I'm really interested in seeing her. Like there's, there's a lot of chances being taken. Yeah. And then, and it, yeah, like at the end of the day, we'll see what happens. Like I'm super excited, um, you know, and let's see what Loki brings into the MCU. So with that said, let us know what you're watching. Let us know what you're reading. Let us know what you are doing and the best way you can reach us. Well, Phil, you can tell them. Well, you can track us down on www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe basically anywhere you find podcasts. You're going to find the It's Canon Podcast. And if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. And uh, if possible on the platform, leave us a rate and review. We very much appreciate all of the time that you've taken to listen to us. Yep. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sending notes. Thank you for everything that you guys do for us. We have a pleasure of making this show week in and week out because this is the podcast where we talk about all things geek and pop culture. And Phil, do you know what the best part of it all is? Uh, this little worm was sitting on a wall and he said, it's all in canon. That's right. It's the Ed Canon Podcast. He's Phil. I'm Boris. Goodbye.